gentlemen, and welcome to the That's What She Said podcast. My name is Alexa Dat, and I will be your host. I am joined by producer Kyle and audio engineer Sam, and we are here at the awesome Red Bull Studios in Chelsea, at RB Studios NY on Twitter and Instagram if you want to check them out. So we've been gone for a little while while I moved into my new place. Lots of big changes, but all good, everything positive, and hopefully beneficial for the podcast, which is the most important part, because the podcast is above everything, including moving into a new place, any sort of job that I have or will potentially be getting, the podcast is above all. Even though I make zero money off of this and I'm actually losing money as we speak. I like where your head's at and I kind of want to know the real important question. How's Bear doing with his new digs? Like, is he freaking out a little bit or is he all right with the new location? Yeah, he's actually adapting pretty well, which I was surprised about. There are a lot of dogs in our building. So we moved from a building of... 230 apartments to a building of 600 apartments. It's a whole city block. And so there are that many more dogs in the building. And he doesn't like dogs at all. He doesn't get along with them. He's really afraid. And so that comes across as him just barking his head off at them. But he's done a really good job with that. And I think adapting to the new apartment, it's a little bit more space. So he has got more space to roam roam around, I think is good for him. So yeah, I'm, you know, fingers crossed he hasn't peed in the apartment yet, which is like the main goal, right? He's 100% going to pee in the apartment a bunch. Yes, He's a but dog. not yet. And it's our first week. So like okay. we've gotten through you made the... it through one week of no peeing in the apartment, but right. it's going to happen. Right. All right. So he's doing all right. A couple people actually asked about Bear on Twitter. So thank you guys so much for caring about my dog. That's so sweet of you. He's like my child. So it means a lot. Yeah, that's not the first time you've said this on this podcast. No, either. of course not. And I'll say it several times more. So a lot happened while we were, were away and we got some Twitter questions to answer and we're going to get to those later. Um, but one thing that happened while we were away was that I had a pretty good weekend out at City Field. We're in the middle of a nine-game home stretch out at City Field. And for those who have not heard the podcast, I am the in-stadium host out at City Field. And I do all kinds of entertainment and play games with fans on the big screen out there. So in between innings, it's just some stuff to distract you from playing on your cell phone. You know, keep people engaged, keep people entertained. people can't stay attention-wise to a baseball game? Yeah, well, I think it's funny because it ends up being like a whole production from the start of the game or even pregame to, you know, final out. It's it's a whole production. So not only what's going on on the field, which is obviously the most important, but, you know, it helps connect and bridge the gaps and and makes it, you know, go by a little quicker because baseball can tend to be a little slow. So I think, you know. I'm a little biased, but I think we do a pretty good job out there. Anyway, so I was doing my job and I was playing a game with this woman. Her name was Trisha and she was celebrating her 50th birthday. She had 35 of her closest friends out there. They're all wearing like Trisha turns 50 t-shirts and they're drinking beer and having a good time. So I'm playing this game and I all she has to do is answer a question. So I ask her what the question is and I give her the mic to answer. And there's like a couple second pause because she's trying to figure out what it is. And this fucking guy behind us, he just screams, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, into the mic. And I'm like, yo, my man. Okay, so backstory. It's the middle of a nine-game home stretch, right? It's a lot of work. But when you and I were talking about whether I'm counting down the days to when the season ends or if I'm enjoying myself, I'm actually really enjoying myself. And I'm having a really good time doing what I'm doing out there because I'm afforded the opportunity. Not many people, one, get to do this job. Two, I was on the field for the World Series. Like, that's huge. And I'm outside. I'm interacting with fans. I'm watching baseball. It's a, And I get paid to do it. It's an amazing, amazing gig. Now, every once in a while, do I have to deal with really annoying fans? 
Yes. And also the only other annoying part about my job is the traffic afterwards. But what gets me through the traffic on my way home is listening to Howard Stern. So it all ends up coming full circle because for me, the interludes when, you know, people are screaming Baba Booey on like a local newscast and they play it on Howard. I think it's hilarious. And I laugh along. And I think these people getting Baba Booey'd is like the greatest thing I've ever heard until it happened to me. And I turned around to this guy and I was like, really? This is what you think is funny? This, you have to get in my face with this poor woman turning 50 today. She's celebrating with all of her friends. And you have to get your 15 seconds of fame being a douche. By the way, screaming out one of the... uh, Gary Delabonte is one of the ugliest men I've ever seen in entertainment. (laughs) You're going to scream out another man's name? Like... you're like a woman in bed. Like, what are you doing? Screaming out another dude's name. That's so weird. That is a weird concept. And it totally, and I, I did the game. The woman, you know, started blushing as he's screaming in her face. She answered the question and we continued with the game. But like, I turned around afterwards. I was like, yo, my man, like, really? What is that for? Why did you feel like that was appropriate? And the whole party's turning around looking at me because, you know, nobody really knew what was going on. These 50-year-old women have no idea who Baba Bowie is. Thank, so he wasn't, God for them. The, he wasn't a part of the party then, is what you're saying. No, he was not part of the party. He was just some jackass who decides to scream Baba Bowie. And I was just like, listen, I understand it's super funny and like everyone gets a really good laugh about it. But if you're just going to be a jackass and, okay, and again, here's the preface to that. He had said it before while we were sitting there talking, this woman and I, Trisha, he had started screaming Baba Booey. And I turned around and I was like, my man, you're not going to say that when we're live on camera, right? And he was like, no, of course not. And I was like, whew, okay, you're just getting it out of your system now. Just make sure you get it all out because I don't really need that kind of distraction today. He was like, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And then proceeded to go be a jackass. Really? Was, was this your first one? Yes. So that's pretty good then. I mean, I know you're upset about it, but that's, that's pretty good because you've been doing this for a decent amount of time now. You've made it Well, through. people have been saying that word, that phrase for a really long time now. Yeah, but the, the first time it's happened to you while you're doing your job in which you'd almost assume it would happen often at a baseball game like that. Yeah, but it's not as popular anymore. The younger generation doesn't really know what it is. Yeah, I guess. In fact, my co-host, I was telling him, I was like, I, I got Baba buoyed, And he was like, what the fuck is that? He was like, that sounds kind of cool. Baba Boo. And I'm like, no, Brandon, get out of here. You're not sympathetic to what's going on to me right now. You have no idea what this is. He's like, no, nah, man, that sounds kind of cool. I like that. That flows. It's Baba Booey. Baba Booey. It's good to know that like, Brandon no. gets yelled at as much as I do. That makes me happy. I just needed somebody to be like, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. Um, but anyway, I, I'm also, by the way, it wasn't on live TV, so no one could could watch it and DVR it and go back. It's on the screen and then it's gone. It's never, you know, showing up. It's not going to get on the Howard Stern show, you idiot. No one is going to hear this besides the 50-year-old woman, Trisha, who is sitting next to me. That's it. You're going to get more Baba Booey's now. It's going to happen. You've complained about it. I mean, you've, you've voiced your opinion about it, the happening to you. Because apparently you like it when it happens to other people, but when it happens not to anymore. you... Not yeah, anymore. Now right. I know. Now you're on the now receiving side. You understand. Like. Yeah, you don't like it anymore. I mean, and also, when a guy yells it out as... It, it, it happens a lot in golf recently. It's been happening a lot. When a guy yells it as the ball's in flight, that's fine because nothing can be changed when the ball's in flight. Him screaming Baba Booey isn't going to make the ball all of a sudden go into the hole or into the rough or into a tree. But when he does it in the guy's backswing, that's a little different. But they've done a really good job at you know weeding those people out. 
He's pond scum. Well, I mean, I feel like you could kind of almost tell the guys who are going to scream Baba Booey from the actual like golf fans at these major tournaments. Oh, it's like Happy Gilmore. Go back to your shanties. I, who are these people? All, I think we need more people that loved Happy Gilmore at actual golf events to make the sport more entertaining. No one loves Happy Gilmore more than I do. All right. Well, I mean. But I'm just saying. You're a little bit upset by the whole Baba Booey thing and you were a fan of it. And now you hate it because it happened to you while you were doing your job. Yeah. Guess what? I get it now. Yeah. I understand. But I'm saying there's a difference. Had he screamed it, you know, just out at the game, like how people scream, you know, Rosenberg's wife. That's different because you're not affecting me in any sort of, you know, capacity. But doing it during the game while this poor woman, this poor 50 year old woman, she's trying to celebrate her birthday and you're just screaming in her face, drunk jackass. Why? You're just to ruin her birthday. Did she end up answering the question or did she just sort of like. She decide. did, and she got it right, and she got the prize, so it was fine. Well, but... I mean, it wasn't that ruined then. It was just an interesting situation she had to deal with, <sighs> which I'm sure if I was at the game, I would have laughed at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, the thing is also, though, because he was like kind of off camera, nobody really heard it. It wasn't one of those things where everyone was like, ah, that was so funny. Like Nobody heard it except for me. He just literally was screaming it in my ear. It wasn't loud enough even to get onto the to the state into the stadium. Well, it's because most people don't know how microphones work. So. Right, exactly. He's just yelling. So him screaming like, into my ear, nearby. he thought, right, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, whoever you were, because you really made my night. Yeah, clearly, you're irate about this. Let's move on to something that won't make you as mad. Uh, no, this actually made me really happy and proud. Yeah. And honored to be a New York um, sports reporter. But not, a, but not a Knicks fan. Well, no. Well, I'm never going to be a Knicks fan. I'm a Wizards fan forever. So we're both technically miserable. Yes. Okay. Except, okay, but this helps. This alleviated a little bit of that pain. So another thing that happened while we were away was, I think, one of the more culturally important moments in recent sports history. So it took place at the ESPYs. LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony opened the night with basically a call to action to all athletes to speak up and use their influence to fight violence and invest time back into their communities. And LeBron made a really good point, saying that they were honoring Muhammad Ali that night. And he said, we can't really honor him without fighting and becoming social advocates for change. And they called for other athletes to follow in their footsteps. My favorite quote of the night, and I'm going to read this, was uh, Dwayne Wade because he recently goes back to his hometown playing for the Bulls, and there's so much crime in Chicago. So it meant that much more what he said. And uh, I'm just I'm just going to read what he said. So uh, he said, quote, the racial profiling has to stop. The shoot to kill mentality has to stop. Not seeing the value of black and brown bodies has to stop. But also the retaliation has to stop. The endless gun violence in places like Chicago, Dallas, not to mention Orlando, it has to stop. Enough. Enough is enough. And I thought that that was so powerful. And so we've talked a lot about how Mello has been, you know, kind of a laid back guy and has been kind of all over the the place in terms of where his mind has been. And we haven't really given him, you know... We've actually taken credit away from him in terms of his basketball mentality, saying that he is in the spotlight rather than wanting to actually win a championship. 
and then listening to him speak on the SB stage. And then he hosts a town hall meeting in L.A. at the Boys and Girls Club where he brings athletes and community leaders and police officers and young kids in the community together. I mean, you made the point that the event was close to the press. And Mello said it was closed because he wanted people to speak freely without, you know, feeling restricted by the presence of cameras, which is really important. And this is the Mello I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for this for so life. Not that my wife's a TV star Mello, not the designer clothes and the movie premieres Mello. The Carmelo Anthony, who's a social advocate, who's an organizer for change, who uses his voice and, you know, his influence and he tries to mend relationships between the police and the community. This is the guy that we've been waiting for for so, so long. You know, he speaks out for the Black Lives Matter movement and also denounces violence towards cops because you can be both. You can be both pro Black Lives Matter and pro cop. And, you know, he's done a really good job voicing that. And I've been thinking about what took him so long. And I've been wondering why this had to unfold all of these terrible events had to unfold for him to eventually speak out and i came to the conclusion that i don't care i don't care what took him this long i'm just happy that this mellow is finally here i'm glad that he find that he um he took action because you know you can make the post on instagram and you can even like even standing up and saying stuff at the uh, espies isn't it's not so much it's not doing something right like saying those words is great and you're hopefully motivating other people to do it but you have to lead by example so when he says all of the things that he mentions in his Instagram post and what him and the other three guys all said at the ESPYs as far as, you know, we have to be better, like we have to be role models, that's great. But go out and do it. And he did. He went, he's in LA. He was in LA doing his work with the US national team before they head down to the Olympics. And he said, you know what? I have an opportunity to really sort of do something to start something. So I'm going to pull all these people together and I'm just going to let them talk. And we're just we're going to go from there. And, you know, he made a point of saying, you know, this was the first one, but it isn't the last one. And I'm going to do more. I'm going to try and get more of these going wherever I'm at. Right. Because you know. we all watched the SV speech and we thought, amazing, powerful, moving. But what next? What are you actually going to do? Right. What action are you going to take? So putting bodies in rooms together to talk, you know, and work through these uncomfortable situations and try and weed through some of this ignorance and, you know, having people come together. That's the mellow we've been waiting for. It's a good first step. And honestly, if I thought that these, you know, feelings and thoughts were inside of him and he was just waiting for the right time to come out and speak about them publicly, I bet, and I'm going out on a limb here, I'm definitely not a psychiatrist, but I'm going out on a limb and saying, I bet it has a positive effect on his game. Because I think that if you feel like you're making a difference in the world and you feel like you're having a positive effect on other people and it eventually you know, translates into you being a better person. I bet that translates into better relationships, better work performance. Um, and, and on the court, you end up seeing a lot of what happened in the offseason and how he made himself a better guy. I don't think he was ever seen, because we've been asking and we've had this conversation outside of the podcast and just with friends at work, whether or not he's capable of leading the Knicks. You know, when he was brought here, he's the big marquee guy, but is he that leadership type guy? Is he a Dwayne Wade or a LeBron James? Like, those guys are leaders on the basketball court. And we've always been, well, no. He's he's a great compliment to those guys. He could go to any team where there's already a leader in place. He could go play with Kevin Durant or he could go play with Curry, these guys that are already natural leaders. I think Melo's always been a leader, but he, it's it's been sort of pushed away. Like, it just hasn't... It hasn't come out. And you saw last year on the court the way he sort of adapted his game a little bit. 
he was trying to take into that leadership role. And a lot of these tragic events happened, and for whatever reason, something clicked inside him. He goes, I have to be better. I have to be different. And he sort of changed his mentality. And just the way he talks right now, it's different from what we've seen from him in the last three to four years. So I do agree that it might very much help him on the court, not so much with his ability to shoot the ball, but his ability to lead the people around him. And he has a lot of people around him right now that I think will all come together in a pretty good team, barring injuries. But I like the way that he's sort of changed himself, not for basketball gain, but just for personal reasons to be a better man. Yeah, and it's it's a huge development, too, that he is now the face of Team USA. You know, he the, these Olympic accomplishments are incredible. And the fact that he is becoming the first American man to ever participate in four Olympic basketball tournaments is says a lot about his legacy. And that coupled with the fact that he is making um, he's becoming an advocate for social change, that combined will make a stronger legacy for Mello rather than him just winning a ring. I think. As far, as far as the Olympics go, I'm going to be a little bit sarcastic and pessimistic. Does anyone even really compete with the U.S. national team when it comes to basketball? I mean, I've watched the you Olympic basketball. Te- you know one team's won gold besides the U.S. team since the Dream Team, and that was Argentina? So and That's it. So no yeah. one really... I mean, listen, no, it's, not- it's awesome for him that he's going to... He probably will win four gold medals. I'm not going to... Just go out there and say definitively he will, but it's got to be like 98% that the U.S. is going to win another gold medal in basketball. No one really competes with us in basketball. Let's just be honest. No. Which is why why we love watching it during the Olympics so much. Because like, yes, we're going to just, this is a guaranteed win. We can be super happy about it because we're jumping over like five foot Asian guys just crushing on them. What did they beat China by? Like 140 to 50? Yeah, it wasn't even fair. It's not fair. Yeah. It's really not. We should give other teams a handicap just to make it a little bit more entertaining. But I do think in terms of his overall resume, it's obviously it's a positive thing. And it'll it'll you know, it's not going to take the place of a championship. But I feel like he might end up feeling um, whole with Olympic medals and, you know, actually becoming a person. There's something to say for four gold medals, too. Yeah, sure. Like it's it's a first guy to do it it's a big accomplishment it's a big accomplishment so if you never win a ring at least you have that we're also talking about how michael jordan uh took action and donated two million dollars to um the institute for community and police relations he split it's about time it's about freaking time michael jordan well that's my i mean what took you so long that's mellow okay i understand you're you're on the side with kareem right now yes okay right for Jordan all of a sudden has to come out now. Like like violence in communities hasn't been going on for years and years and years. Well, you uh, played in Chicago. You saw it. Yeah, but Jordan also brought up his personal story about the way his father was killed. Right. But I, I can't speak for the guy. Like I'm not in his head. He clearly had a lot of things going on with making these sorts of decisions. And he even said, you know, I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. I have to do something. Right. And I think Kareem criticizing him was both fair and unfair. You know, like Kareem is always going to do what he wants to do. You saw him at the DNC last night. Oh, he was so uh, good. Great. He was fantastic. Just saying whatever's on his mind. And But that's the kind of guy he's always been. By the way, the DNC had amazing celebrities. The RNC had Scott Baio. I didn't really, I didn't really watch either. I just sort of caught the updates on Twitter and Reddit as they would come in for both 
Yeah, he was I, fantastic. I kind of don't like. I kind of don't like being super depressed, but Kareem, he he made me laugh, and that was a good one. Yeah, he was good. Um, I want to talk about something funnier. Better, yeah, let's go funnier, more uplifting. Uh, the Bachelorette. I don't know what that is. Yeah, neither do I. And here's the problem: everyone else does. We're like the only two who don't. I don't know. I don't know that that's really a problem, though. I f- I've stayed away from reality television pretty much forever. You just wear your sandwich shirts and walk around town. And you're she's totally criticizing fine. the. He's fact literally that I'm wearing, wearing a sandwich a, on a it's shirt. It's a right video now. game T-shirt. It's got ham and Swiss. I think it's actually bologna and bologna. Oh, I think God. it's actually like because that's the joke what within are you, like, the game. Six? Some days I feel six walking around playing Pokemon. And then Go and all hold that. on, but the classiest part about it is that there's a toothpick with an olive. Yeah, you got in the middle you, of the. Sandwich. You got to keep the hypothetical video game sandwich for Team Fortress Two. You know, classic. You're literally speaking a different language. I know. Well, you're about to talk Bachelorette, so I feel like I had to get a little bit in there. Well, I don't. I don't watch it, and so many people ask me if I watch it, and what? It's in its twelfth season. How is that possible? Are these the same people who are playing Pokemon Go? Or is this an entirely different breed of human that I need to detest? Uh, well, if you detest the people playing Pokemon Go, I'm, I feel a little bit sad for you. Why? Because it's a great cultural experiment phenomenon oh, right now. Oh, get out of here. Get and out of here. It's bringing people together. It's nostalgia. If you guys you, will get over it in like two months. Okay, that might be entirely true. It'll be over. But it, it is bringing p- people of all genders, uh, sexual preferences, races together. I don't care about we're that. All, we're all oh, just yay. hanging out. You guys are all, we're all just staring at your screens. Yes. You guys aren't interacting. Not at all. Well, it's what you guys do normally, just now in a little closer proximity, but, but no one's actually interacting. We're outside and we're walking around. Okay, so that, I was reading a really funny uh, fitness article about how the average steps for these people has increased like something like 8,000 steps Alexa, in I'm the on last like, week. I'm on like 14,000 steps a day. Are you keeping track? Yeah. That, oh my God. It's crazy. To be fair, it's I was, crazy. I was running like before it, but now it's just like, cause I mean. So I now instead of intense cardiovascular exercise, well, no, you're just still, walking around catching Pokemon. Well, I do both. I, st- uh-huh. I keep up with both. It's <laughs> yeah. just now like. Where I, you know, Monday, Wednesday, do you really Friday. Ca- do you really keep up with both, though? Or are you just catching Pokemon? No, I, I still run Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's been a little bit hectic with planning out apartment moving and all that, but I try to get in as much as possible. Because mm-hmm. once you stop running, you're just, like, not motivated to do it anymore. Because it is awful. How the many Pokemon thing. do you have? 70? What's, like, the goal? What's, like, a big number to have? I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm as crazy about it as like some of the other people are like there was one what do you mean you said you walked like seven miles yesterday right i walk around just playing but there are other people that are like actively tracking you look you're like the idiot who's looking at their phone instead of like a beautiful rainbow and a unicorn flying by i have it in my pocket spaceships i have it in my pocket and you miss it all because you're looking at a no no no. i have it in my pocket i'm listening to my headphones i'm Mm. just listening to music walking around in the park then I hear a noise that there's one nearby, and I look, and I go, oh, there it is. And then I swipe. Wait, wait, there's a noise? Yeah, it makes a little, like, my phone vibrates, and there's, like, a little, like, dinging noise. Like, beep, beep, beep. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> you should go, you should call the Pokemon people. You're going to do a voice for one of them now. Oh, my God. What? A noise? Yeah. Like, you're listening to music, and you're like, yeah. oh, was that on the track, or is that a Pokemon? No, it's 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 like uh, when you get a text message alert. It, it dulls down the music, makes the it noise. It the music, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then you have to hear the They little... didn't, like, slap this together. It's pretty well thought uh-huh, out. Yeah. But I'm also, like, aware of my surroundings and not about to get hit by a car or fall I know. off well, a that, cliff. That's, like, the old man These are the people taking it to extremes. It. Right. It's like, oh, those young whippersnappers are getting hit by cars and blah, blah. You, you say this, but I saw, like, a dude who looked like he was 65 walking around Grand Army by Central Park playing. Yeah, older people are playing. Yeah. 
But I'm saying the criticism of like people getting hit by cars and and those are like super outliers. Well, I watched and I understand that that's like I watched the close to 300 people all at once run across the street right by the Apple Store on 59th Street to go catch one because they weren't close enough by. And okay, like, I'm so sitting here watching store? this, and I'm like, what the hell is happening right, right. now? Okay, so by that Apple Store, Justin Bieber's manager Scooter actually was posted a video the other day where Justin Bieber was like, let's go see if I can just walk around these group of people and see if anyone will notice me. And no one noticed him because everyone's looking at their phone. I also think Justin might be sort of getting his uh, demographic a bit wrong. I don't think a lot of these people are into his music or even care about him really as a person. Sure, but if you see there might Justin be, there Bieber... Might be, there might have been a few that would have been like, oh, hey, that's Justin Bieber. But you're also in New York. We, we're a little bit different with celebrities, I feel. Sure, but it wasn't even like... Because if you walk past somebody and they recognize you, and you can hear them as you're walking past go, oh, there's a... Literally, he was like filming everyone. Nobody yeah. even said anything or recognized or looked up. So it's interesting in those like it's areas, changing those collections of areas like where he's talking about. There wait, was wait, a so guy selling People energy. People go and meet up at locations. Like it's a not giant the, meetup. I don't know that it's you're going there necessarily like to meet other humans. people. It's just a convenient location where lots of them spawn, where lots of them pop up. So you just sort of go there because everyone else is going there, and that's where a bunch of them are just going to pop up anyway. If I catch one, can nobody else then catch that one? No, it's it's on like a timer. So the way I described it was it's geocaching, which was around way before this, which is where people make lists of things where you go to a coordinate uh, and you find this little thing and you make note of it. And it's just fun. You wander around. I did it with my cousin once. It was mostly just driving golf carts. But it pops up. It has about like a four minute timer to which it's still there. And anyone who's there can catch that one and then it goes away after four minutes you have to wait a while for it to come back oh my god this is so nerdy i can't even handle it's it. it's incredibly nirty but i'm doing fourteen thousand steps what, a day what do these people do do they have jobs some people are quitting their jobs like i said i'm not no, taking no, no, it no, 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 no. hold on hold on yeah what do you mean quitting their jobs uh, there have been a few articles written of people who have just quit their jobs to play this full time and I'm not sure how that's going to work out for them in the long run. I think it's a they're like really trying to nut- become professional players, like get paid from it, or they just are I just don't, disillusioned. I don't know what they're. I think disillusioned mm-hmm. is the right word to use. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, that can also fall into the outlier category, right? You know, because there are with how many people are playing? Thirty million people, something insane like that. It was the highest downloaded app the day it came right. out. So. so with all of these people playing, you're going to have a handful of weirdos and outliers who are just who yeah. Don't I think like you have a handful of weirdos who just about like everything. Get hit by cars and quit their jobs. But I'm I'm asking the majority of people playing this game are they getting exercise wanna, and using it well. I want to say most people are like thing. me who are just like, hey, this is cool, like my childhood. And I'm um, using it, I guess, as motivation to just walk around every day. I've seen, I've explored areas of Central Park just hey, because about, I haven't even known not, they were not there. Not you, Kyle, but the collective you. Yeah. How about the motivation is your mirror and you look in the mirror and see your fat ass getting see, fat and go, hey, that's motivation to get on the you, treadmill. You say that, but I feel like that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. You need to go chase a little cartoon character around? I guess so. Why didn't... Why did, oh, okay. <laughs> the technology's hit a point where someone in Japan <laughs> was just like, you know it. what? We can make the world a healthier place by putting this game out. Yeah, I guess. And then people will consume all of those calories at a, a, during Labor Day weekend, consume them all back, and then... It will have, and then, and then it'll be gone. Then school year will come, and then it'll be gone. I'm it telling will. you, it. This is like a phase. This is like a summer thing, like a summer blockbuster. It's the new kind of like the movie that's hot out this summer. It's like the app that's hot this summer. 
is a bunch of people walking around town and then it'll be gone. I feel like they said that about baseball in the 1890s and that sort of stuck around anyway and I don't really understand why. compare this to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a really outlandish statement. America's Let's, pastime. Yes. Pokemon Go. It's America's pastime, baseball, because back then you had to pass the time somehow. Right. That was it. Well, and I guess people are doing the exact same thing now because they're bored. Sure. And they have nothing better to do. Right. Hey, guess what? I'll give you something better to do. Go volunteer. What are you going to volunteer as? Oh, I help out young kids. Okay. I'm a big sister. It's the best. All right. Yeah. You should do it. Do you really want me running around as a big brother? <laughs> do we want me influencing the yes, youth of America? Yes, because there are young kids who could Learn from my sarcastic ways? Yes. I don't think we want more of me running around. The uh, big sister program that I'm currently in is helping out my younger brother, but I'm, uh, I'm working towards getting into an actual big sister program. <laughs> I'm just helping out my delinquent younger brother. <laughs> Ah. No, he's actually moving to Paris. I'm really excited for him. Uh, he's going to be um, a young adult in the higher education world, which is something that I never could get into. We got super off track from the original Bachelorette thing. Okay, so... So I know Bachelorette Aaron Rodgers. That's the extent of what I wrote down on okay, the piece of so paper. So what ended up happening was Aaron Rodgers' brother, Jordan Rodgers, is a contestant on The Bachelorette. And I only know these... the these storylines because of what's being written in sports articles because I don't watch The Bachelorette. But the main story that's been going on is Jordan's basically talking shit about the Rogers family, saying that no one's close to Aaron, uh, they have a strained relationship. It, he was asked about him and asked about whether you know he's a Packers fan and what their interaction's like. And he's like, we have a relationship. It's complicated. I'll say that. And he didn't really elaborate, and he kind of like had this shit-eating grin. And then when he was talking about being a Packers fan, he said, well, one of my best friends in the world is Aaron's left tackle. I lived with him before the draft. So yeah, absolutely, I'm a Packers fan. Not my brother is the star Super Bowl winning quarterback of the team. Not that. That, that he's going to talk about the left tackle that he's friends with. So he's essentially... Now, because he's on this reality show, airing out family drama, and Aaron Rodgers was on Bill Simmons, and Bill Simmons, who's apparently a big Bachelor fan, didn't ask him any questions about it. I'm assuming that when Aaron Rodgers showed up, they were like, hey, we don't want to answer any questions about the Rodgers family and, and Jordan and him on the reality show. Otherwise, I would assume that Bill would have asked him. But when he got back for a training camp, one of the local affiliates was like, hey, so what's going on with your bro? We've heard a lot about him, and he's talking a lot of shit. Do you have any sort of response? And he was kind of like, well, I think this is a, you know, this isn't the most appropriate platform to air family drama. And I think that, you know, we should just kind of leave it at that. I have a relationship with my family. It's personal and butt out of my business. And that's kind of, you know, the high road. And that's the way it should have been handled. But... And, and listen, I don't know if this is for pub. This whole thing could just be for pub to watch the show. I got to feel like it's people reading more into it than they should. Yeah, I, except like for the fact that if you're asked if you have a relationship with your brother and in, and you basically say like, eh, you say like a Facebook status. You're like, it's complicated. Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, I don't have I have two sisters. I don't have brothers, but I've seen the way a lot of my friends with brothers interact. They're super competitive with each other. They're very quick to fight with each other all the time. And deep down, they generally like love and care about each other, but they're just like, we're not going to okay, voice well th- that. But you're missing a key component to what this relationship is. 
There's no love and we, you know, that deep you know down. Of, that you know of. But that's what he was talking. That's what he was asked about. Do you have a relationship? Yeah, but it was can- explicitly asked him. Yeah. And he wasn't like, uh, you know, I love him. He's my brother, but he's kind of a shithead and we said fight com- a lot. He said it's complicated and he might be a wee bit jealous of the fact that his brother is super famous and up there in like the top quarterbacks of all time conversation. He said, we have a relationship. I have a relationship with my doorman. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything like we're buddies hey what's going on hi Mets are doing well yeah go Jets and, and that's really it like that's that's a relationship I discuss things with him but it's not like an actual meaningful you know deep down love obviously and there's a huge lack of that here because otherwise why wouldn't he have said that if you ask me about the relationship with my brother, I'll say, yeah, I absolutely love the kid. He's my brother. Yeah, but it's not brother to brother. It's that, that relationship of sister to brother. That's different. Like, my my sister's like, yeah, we love our brother. And I'm always just like, eh. Eh, what? When people are like, oh, how do you feel about your sister? I'm like, eh. But if you were actually asked on a broadcast how you feel about your siblings. Yeah, I'd probably do say. You lo- do you love your siblings? Yeah. Of course. You would say it's complicated. I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes I want to kill them. Of course, of course. I, I, sometimes it borders on most of the time I want to kill them. If <laughs> right, I'm honest, right? Yes. Having to deal fight. with two younger sisters is such a pain. Okay, but that's also brother to sister. That's different. Right. That's what I was saying. Brother to brother, you got like I've watched brother to brother interactions. It's I don't like the way you did this. I don't like the way you did this either. Punch, punch, and then it's just sort of like sulk away and just. That's it. But okay, but they but it's resolved after that. They beat the crap out of each other and then it's pretty much yeah, over. Yeah, see, I didn't get to have that. I'm a little bit upset. The other part of it, though, is that it's not only Jordan who's like estranged from Aaron. It's like the whole family. It's like Aaron is on a separate island and the rest of the family are on the mainland. It's weird. I mean, listen, maybe something happened where Aaron just doesn't have that kind of relationship with his family. Yeah, well, I think that's sad. I mean, I'm a very family-oriented person, so for me... Not being able to share that kind of stuff with your family, that's, I know, that sucks. And, you know, a lot of people were speculating whether it's over money. Uh, that's a good thing to speculate because sometimes that ends up, you know, forging a lot of drama with families. But I don't know. Who are we to say what the what the um, problem is? My main thing is it's just sad that they don't have a relationship. My main thing is it's just sad that the Bachelorette's in its 13th season, 12th season. Well, what are we also, also, by the way, if I got duped and this was all just, uh, you know, just to stir oh, this up. Is just his way of advancing himself. Like, yeah, oh, I'm going to delete all of this from the podcast. Like, oh. No one will ever hear from it. So if you're going to post getting this episode. Duped. People are going to listen to it. And then when you find out that this was if a this whole is big just thing, to get me to talk the about the Bachelorette. Down, yeah. yeah, I'm going to delete I mean, it all. I'm upset that I've spoken about the Bachelorette now for longer than I've ever cared to. But we don't know anything else about it. That's it. All right, let's go to Twitter. Uh, a couple people sent some Are we just going to go down the line completely in? cold? No, I, I wrote some stuff down. Oh, okay. Eric asked for a SummerSlam preview. Eric, my man, my husband's got the wrestling podcast. So, Cheap Heat, check that out. You can hear all about it. So, I don't really want to talk wrestling on this podcast. Plus, I don't know that much about it. I'm not going to give you any information that you don't already know. But, I will say, I was happy that Charlotte lost the title to Sasha Banks. Because Charlotte's a great athlete and she's a great wrestler. And I love her little outfits. But, I'm annoyed with her character. I don't think she's that good of a bad guy. She really just doesn't do it for me. I just want to see Randy Orton throw out an RKO. I literally say that about every uh, wrestling thing I'm asked. But that's what the gift's for. 
Yeah, I know, but he, I RK, just, he can RKO's I, everyone. I, I was such a big Randy Orton fan, and I still am. Like he's the only wrestler that I'm just like, yeah, I just want to see Randy Orton do wild things. And people are like, what's the story? I was like, I don't care what the storyline is. I want him to come out, be an asshole, and then run away. Yeah, that's all I actually need out of him. Yeah. Um, PDB wants to discuss how WikiLeaks will shape the election. Wrong podcast, my friend. <laughs> this is a sports <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm not really getting into politics, except I will say. I watched both conventions the last two Why? weeks. Why? Because I'm really into it. Like wall to wall coverage, CNN yeah. breaking news every three seconds. Yeah, CN- was... CNN needs to learn what breaking news actually means. It's not just for the next six hours we're going to have breaking news up and everything's breaking yeah, people news. People were so mad about that, but they they but use not... that all the time I, now. I, I and know. not just CNN, but every news outlet. Everything's breaking Everything, news. Right. Stuff that happened nine hours ago is breaking news right. to all of them. We need to reevaluate what we're Yeah, but we're now at. that you know that they use that all the time, why not just ignore it? Just, it? it just, you know what I actually did yesterday? I watched. Um, a little bit of the DNC is on Twitch, which mm-hmm. is that video game uh, personality. Is streaming. everything you do through a video game? You're wearing a video game shirt. Yeah. You exercise through Pokemon Go. I know. I'm a little concerned about you. I think you should be is less concerned about me. This the only time that you get away growing, from your virtual reality uh, uh, into like a real reality. This podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Anyway, I watched both the conventions, and you might not be sure who you're voting for. That's fine. Uh, you might know. That's fine too. But the one thing I will say is just make sure you take a step back, look at the bigger picture, social, economic, and all all the implications of who you're voting for, because you don't want to look back in 20 years and realize you were on the wrong side of history. That's all I've got that. All right. Chris asked about the move and my unbiased opinion on the Giants this year. Uh, Chris, we talked a little bit about the move. Bears doing well. We're getting the apartment together. My unbiased opinion on the Giants. This might shock you, Kyle. Uh, I think that they are the favorites to win the division. Uh, that doesn't shock me at all, and I am biased. But yeah, I but think, I'm a huge Redskins fan. I know, but when you look at the team as they are built right now, and I've said this since they made their free agency moves, on paper, and that's the qualifier, they have probably the best defense in the I NFC. I mean, with everything they did defensively on, in the offseason, it was on, unbelievable. On paper, they yeah. spent the money where they needed to. They have the best defense in the NFC. Yeah. Now, that I, the reason I said on paper just twice, three times now is because you still have to go out and play the games. Right. But when you look at position by position and you stack them up versus not just the NFC East, any other team in the NFC, their defense, I think, is the best one out there. Yeah. Offensively, you still got another two years out of Eli Manning. You have Odell Beckham, who might be the best wide receiver in the game now that Megatron's out. Yep. If Victor Cruz is back and even 90% of what Did he once was. you see him walk into training camp the other day, by the way? He, he looked great. I can't. I can't but wait. But he always looks great. I can't wait. I need Victor Cruz, Odell. I like what I'm hearing about Sterling. Like I want I want football season to start right now because I'm so excited because I, I really, really think the Giants have a great team this year. Speaking of football, Brian and Stephanie both wanted us to discuss Fitzpatrick to the Jets. We never really talk about the Jets. We can talk about the Jets. I'm, I was trying to get Willie Colon on the podcast. We're going to try and make that happen. We're going to we're going to get Willie on. Yeah, Willie's a fun guy. Yeah, we're going to we're going to make that happen. I don't know. I don't have much to say about it except for the fact that the Jets were being stupid and the fact that they put a three year deal on the table to pay Fitzpatrick twelve for the first year, six and then six for the second and third year consecutively in that contract doesn't make any sense because what you're doing is you're banking on the fact that Fitz, who had an amazing year last year is going to have the same year this year. And then you're saying, okay, great. So he's going to follow that up with a great year. But after that, we only want to pay him a backup quarterback salary. And then the year after that, we also only want to pay him a backup quarterback salary. If you're, if I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick, I've got all the cards. I'm looking at what the, the Jets have, which is 
Geno Smith. And I'm saying there's no way that you guys are opening up the season with Geno Smith as your quarterback. You're looking around the league a little bit. Maybe you're getting a little nervous that they're looking at Nick Foles because he's available and he wants out. I don't think he's that great either, though. He's not, but he's better than Gino. Anything's better than Gino, honestly. But if you're fifth, you have all of the cards. And so why not sit back and wait for the Jets to make a move, which they eventually did. And if you're the Jets, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't pay your quarterback top dollar and... You know, and then expect him to not want to go through this whole process next season, especially if he plays well. You can't pay him, you know, money that you can't cut his salary in half. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that, that's that's what they wanted to do, right? Like the Jets wanted to lock Fitz down for close to two years to have him this year and then have him next year. It was a three-year deal that was on the table initially. Twelve million for this year, six for year two, and six for year. And three. what I guess what he negotiated now is he wanted all that guaranteed money, so he'd made it's a year contract. It's technically two, but it's really only for this year. It's just a salary cap maneuver. The deal that he signed for him to get on the team, play this year, get the guaranteed money, and I realistically think he's going to retire next year anyway. No, what? Yeah, no, he'll think, play He'll play as well as he possibly can, which I think he could follow up after well, so last gonna, year. You're just going to keep and giving your quarterback year-to-year yes, deals? And he'll do the, the same uh, thing next year. He was, ready to Why walk not, away. he was ready to walk away this year, though. No, he wants to play football, man. Yeah. Look at him. He wants The whole well, reason that you he was say, holding out is he wants to play, but he wants to play for money. You say look at him. For money that makes sense for starting quarterback in the league. Did you see picture of him playing golf a few weeks ago? You say look at him he did not look like he was football okay everyone needs to freaking calm down (laughs) about that if you go out in the heat and you run and you do two a days for two weeks kyle yeah he's gonna be fine you lose the weight like that it's gone the the what's the problem the sheer level of panic around all of my jets fans friends when that picture came out was they were like oh god he's not running routes he's the quarterback yeah he's He's got a good arm all the arms only got some accuracy he was a little rusty as was going to be expected that was the big complaint coming out of um, of day one that he was rusty. Yeah, go figure. But you know we need something to report it's, about. It's a good move for the Jets. It's a move they should have honestly gotten done weeks ago. I don't know. why I mean, it it's took a better so move it was, for Fitz. It was the he most... got what he needed because yeah. you know he wasn't. He, first of all, he wasn't going to play for backup quarterback money. That doesn't make any sense. And maybe he would have walked away from the game after this year if that was going to be the only option. But. <laughs> that that's not what's going to happen. They're going to see that he's going to play well this year, and especially with everything they have on the team, and then he's going to come back next year, and they're going to go through this entire process over again, and hopefully next year they're smarter about it, and they realize earlier in the season, we're going to give you the money you deserve rather than go through this whole fight and go through you having to secretly you know, talk to um, Nick Mangold and secretly talk to... Brandon Marshall and secretly, you know, and everyone's asking them questions and you become a distraction. Let's not go through that. Let's be smarter and let's give him the money that he's owed and and not worry about that next year. I do think a little bit of the Jets thought process, too, is that Hackenberg, I really do feel as though he's their guy. That's why they kind of drafted him so high. So I think this year they're sort of banking on that whole watch from Fitz, see what he does well, and then they might even use that going into next year. I really do think that that might be their main plan. But if their their initial plan was, oh, we didn't sign Fitz. Okay, so Hackenberg, you watch Gino and literally do none of what he does. Right. Which, that's, that's, not not, that's not really a great uh, teacher mentality for well, him. Well, and I kind of, you know, I'm going to say I feel bad for him. I don't really, but my heart goes out to him a little bit, Gino, when they were showing him practicing just like completely by himself on like a field that's like further away from everyone else. Just like throwing a little ball around, you know, like a little kid. I just, I feel bad for the guy, but... You know, I wish the Jets would 
uh, let him go somewhere where he could be, you know, used. I don't, I don't know where that would be. I, I don't know where he's. I don't know where he's really a starter. I think he is a backup. It's, yeah, I mean, but you know, Fitz is pretty durable, so he's not playing here. We'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Jets. So there you go, people. We got your Jets questions. Yeah, uh, Mikey Robs wants to find out more about the producer of the show. I feel like we've unveiled a lot about me today. Seems like an interesting fellow, Mikey yeah, Robs says. Mikey Robs, mm, who is this guy? That might be a gross overstatement. I'm pretty interesting. Uh, no, we've already talked way too much about <laughs> Pokemon Go, and that's about all we need to reveal from Kyle. His sandwich shirt, his Pokemon Go, his virtual reality world where he just exists. And I'm, wearing, that's what I'm wearing a different ridiculous shirt every day now. I heard you at Jacob's Pickles. I'm so jealous. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Jason and I went in celebratory. We got an apartment. Now let's eat just an obscene amount of calories. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now you can work them off walking around town, I, staring at your phone. I already did. <laughs> All of them, I'm sure. Do you know what they have there? Fried pickles, fried chicken sandwich. Fried delicious biscuit. See, I never get the dessert. Bread it's pudding. never a possibility. It's you and so Peter, good, though. Yeah, I know, but you and it's Peter. So good. So, it's Oreo bread pudding. I know. And I'm not even into bread pudding, but they use biscuit mix to Jason make the Jason and I weren't about to share that sandwich. We each ate the whole thing. We each got one and ate the Gross. whole thing. I know. I felt so bad afterwards. You're like I, a bad person for doing I that. I felt so terrible, but we weren't going <laughs> to split it because we spent the whole day walking around Brooklyn looking at places. Then we finally got right. settled on it. Like we were like, like mm, yes, we need calories. Right. So we just went up. We went uptown. We went there and I, I hadn't eaten anything all day, which was a problem because like the instant our waitress came over, I was like, I want the alcohol, just any one of them. And then the fried pickles. And I don't even need to look at the menu. Bring me that fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. And we ate everything. Yeah. Well, I can tell. Yeah. Thank just you. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So uh, we end every podcast with an embarrassing story. I've got one that I'm pulling out from middle school, actually. It was in fourth grade or fifth grade. Might have been fifth grade. And we have the star of the month, right? So every month, a different kid is a star of the month. You yeah, do something good. And, okay. You, you know. need to describe this a little bit more because you say like every school had star oh, of the month. Oh, okay. Right. So, you know, you are the star of the month. So at, I guess, the last 20 minutes of class, you're parents come in your siblings come in it's like a whole presentation for you you bring in cookies and cupcakes and everyone tells stories about how great they think you are and a good deed you did that month or something interesting so i was the the star of the month i know it's so cute it was like that's not even what i'm going for so cute this is like everyone gets first place medals no no no. but everyone didn't get it i mean think about how many months there are in the school year no that's true but they're like 30 kids in the class they're bringing in everyone to tell you how great you are because you like showed up to class people want to be good people so they can be the star of the the month yeah of course that's why i was a good person that month (laughs) other months i was not but this specific month i was so anyway it's um i'm star of the month and it's my star of the month day and we're taking a quiz in math and you know you switch classrooms for math and we're taking a quiz and I'm really really amped up for my party that's coming up in you know half an hour or whatever my mom's coming in she's bringing both my dogs I had these two huge Samoyeds which are like all white huskies and named Sully and Shiloh beautiful beautiful dogs they got to come in and my mom was bringing like my favorite dessert I was really super excited so we're taking this quiz And I realized that I didn't study at all. 
Like literally zero. It was like a um, multiplication test. Did people actually study in middle school? Because I didn't. Well, you were supposed to remember when they gave you those sheets and you had all of the different multiplication pro- um, problems you were supposed to do. It was like it was like 50 on a page or whatever. Not 50, 20 maybe on a page, right? Like 20 times 7, 15 times 6, 30 times 2. And like you had to do them like as fast as you could. It was like a timed test. I think I was in the idiot classes because oh, I never had to God. do this. Really? You never had timed multiplication tests? No, I mean, I, I had them, but I didn't like study. I'd just go home and play soccer. Well, oh God. <laughs> I can't even talk to you. No. All right. Podcast <laughs> listeners, you know what I'm talking about because I think there are some smart people out there. You'd have to take it home and, you know, practice it. And you know, I guess like your mom would time you or whatever. Anyway, so I didn't do, I guess, my multiplication practices that week. And so... I was really struggling. So my friend Greg and my friend Kristen were, it was like a little quad desk. We're at the quad desk with me. And I just looked over and started copying off of Greg. And I'm going through, I'm like, because I started panicking and being like, I'm not going to pass this quiz. I'm really worried. So I started cheating. So as I'm going through, I get caught. Mm. The teacher comes over and she's like, hey, what are you doing? I see you copying off Greg. I've been watching you for the past, you know, three minutes. It's like a five minute timed quiz. And I'm taking your quiz, ripping it up, and I'm pulling you out into the hallway and I'm going to yell at you. And meanwhile, this was since we had switched classrooms for math. This was a different teacher than the teacher who was giving me my star of the month party. So she didn't like know how special I was that day. And like this was my day. Mm. She just knew that I had cheated on a quiz. And so she pulls me out into the hallway and she is reaming me out like really bad. That is so inappropriate. Weren't you ever taught that cheating is bad? All of this stuff. Meanwhile, I turn around and my mom is standing there with a armful of treats and my two dogs who are trying their hardest to run towards me because they recognize me and my mom is crying Mm. (laughs) she's crying she's so embarrassed she's like shocked she comes in she thinks she's coming in for her daughter's star of the month award and instead i'm getting reamed out for cheating on a quiz like what's wrong with me little brat so the two dogs are like you know they they can't get to me quick enough I'm just left in the hallway. The teacher goes back in, make sure no one else is cheating. By the way, which a lot of other people were, but I was the only one who got I cheated caught. cheated all the time. People cheated all the time. I that never was like a got thing. caught. I wonder if kids still cheat in class. Like, do you think that's a thing that still happens? Um, or they're like much more diligent about it? Because cheating good. was really big when I was in school. I was pretty good at it, but we also This was the have, only time I cheated, by the we way. We didn't have cell phones then. Uh, right. Like we didn't have the iPhones. Like, if you tried to cheat on like one of those old Nokia flip phones, yeah. you, it would take you five minutes to type in whatever you wanted anyway, and then class would end. So you wouldn't be able <laughs> to. Over. You know, like you would get one question right because it took too long. Yeah. So now I think with iPhones, they, it's got to be even more absurd. Yeah. I mean, maybe they collect them at the beginning of class. I, mean, I don't that, know. I mean, that would make sense if I was a teacher. Yeah. Although I, I I'd be the worst because I'd be like, oh, I cheated the whole time, so learn nothing from me. I know. Anyway, so it was just super mortifying, and then I had my star of the month party and. My mom was mad the whole time and the cupcake tasted less delicious because I had gotten in trouble. Did it though? It did. It didn't have like the delicious sweet flavor. It had like the guilty, you're a cheater flavor to it. And that was pretty disappointing, but nobody knew. So everyone was just standing up saying really awesome, amazing things about (laughs) me while I'm standing there, like just really disappointed in myself. So that was pretty embarrassing. That's my story. All right. That was a good one. Anyway, that does it for the podcast. Kyle, Sam. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to check out RB Studios online, they are at RB Studios NY on Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, Red Bull was so kind enough to have us here today. And they have a brand new studio. So please go check them out. Super awesome. And we will check in with you guys next week. We'll have an awesome guest. And let's go get a snack.